Blog Talk Radio. Really 
you know, saying, well, she's talking to you. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, he's, yeah, he's a huge part of my practice. So, but anyway, about you, let's talk about you. <laughs> What's going on with you? How are you feeling? Uh, How are you doing? What's your weather like? What's the dating situation? Give oh me boy. the tea. <laughs> Oh, golly. Um, okay, so we're at, like, something like 20 degrees, feels like 8 with the wind chill. Um, that yeah. will be through the entire weekend. And um, I'm finding that, and I, I, I hear this from many people, especially in the colder states right now, with COVID and the cold, people are, it's it's, it's tiring. We're tired. We've had it. Yeah. Um it's uh, it's hard, even though you can get out, and um, as we discussed before, we touched on this, uh, you know, before we went on air, uh, New York, thankfully, New York City, thankfully, requires uh, people to show their vaccination cards or proof of vaccination yep. prior to entering restaurants, theaters, uh, other venues where, you know, there's a congregation of people. So we're really fortunate here for that. That's actually, I find that to be a plus. Um, and, you know, we have, yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of testing as well. Like I could just pretty much walk down the street and get tested anywhere, whether it be a pharmacy or the city has their health and hospital corporation, uh, you know, sites that they've set up and, and the nurses that are running those are amazing. And I give them so much credit uh, for dealing with this, but I'm lucky, even though we're lucky that we live in an environment where we can kind of navigate the virus, it's depressing. We're all, we're done two years. We're going on two years of this stuff, you know? And it's like, it's mind boggling of what's transpired. And, uh, you know, it's just, but, but yes, personally, I'm good at Christmas. I got sick. I got something, uh, tested negative on PCR for COVID, but I have to be honest. I'm not convinced I didn't have it. I lost taste and smell for a few days and, I don't wow. know. So yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a I mean, wild time. I, it really is, and I gotta tell you, because um, I'm from where you are, and I miss it in a lot of regards, and not in other regards. For example, I don't miss <laughs> the snow, but I do right. miss the banding together for the most part of folks who are willing to test folks who are willing to vaccinate. I live in the South, and in the South, they are not so keen uh, about anything they assume has to do with politics as opposed to health care, and they are not the same thing. And it disturbs me that a lot of the folks down here are like, you can't make me wear a mask. You're impinging upon my freedom. Unfortunately for those folks, they're starting to die. I was just going to say that. I, um, yep. Mm-hmm. Case yeah, in point, just, meat, meatloaf died today I, or yesterday. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but he was, uh, he was anti-vax and mm-hmm. a, a complete Trump supporter, and I was quite disturbed to find all that out. What am I going to do? I did not. I just found out in the last hour or so that he was anti-vax um, and anti-mask. I didn't know that yeah. he was also a Trump supporter, which is really disappointing. I think when I, when I find that creative people who I thought were insightful 
and intelligent uh-huh. and um, yeah. worldly and open-minded. When I find out they're Trump supporters, it makes me really kind of disgusted, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, we're on the same page with that. And uh, my reaction, so I, I was like, oh, meatloaf. First, like, Louis Anderson died. Did you know Louis Anderson died, the comedian? Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Louis yeah. Anderson. And, uh, and then Thich Nhat Hanh died. The Zen master himself passed away. Oh, no. Wow. Wow. What a day. They say it comes in threes. So, you know, what a day we had or a couple of days. But um, when I found out that Mila died, I was like, oh, that's so sad. And then a friend of mine just told me like an hour or so ago, oh, yeah, he was an anti-master, an anti-vaxxer. And my, the word slipped out of my mouth. I was like, what a dumbass. And now he's dead, you know? He's sitting there raising his yeah. fist. I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to wear a mask. And now he's dead. You know, like ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But what he said was, I know. See, yeah. And he, you know, what he said. Here was the thing that really blew my mind. He said, "Well, if I die, I die." And then he gets confident. I'm like, "What?" And then he's dead. Yeah. Well, then, and then he's dead. He showed us. Amazing. He showed us, didn't he? Yeah. I, I mean, I that's just, the way I, I to sound, it, it is, I sound cruel. I, yeah, no. I sound cruel. I sound not compassionate. Um, and I, I am, I'm compassionate, but I'm frustrated because we have this thing called science. We have leaders of both parties who have, for the majority, gotten vaccinated. They are the people who have frontline information. I would think if they knew mm-hmm. that it killed us or it turned us into mutants with superpowers or that it, you know, made us infertile, I would think that they would say that or they would not get the shot themselves. So they have the shot. Trump himself, you know, the grand poopa yep. of the basket of deplorables himself has the vaccine and the booster uh-huh. and his wife has the vaccine yep. and the booster. So I'm not sure what the problem is, but hey, It's killing off his base, so we'll see what the elections look like in 2024. Well, you know, I'm interested to see. No, I'm with you. You're preaching to the converted. Let me explain. (laughs) My feeling is if you don't believe in science, then you don't get, and I learned this from my friend, Dr. Dr. Burris. And Dr. Burris said to me, you know what? If you don't believe in the science, then you don't get to have any of the science. Turn in all of your devices and your car and everything you have, because everything you have is somehow related to science. And I know that sounds extreme, but, you know, I'm tired of talking to folks and begging them, knowing that they are whispering under their breath, fucking New York liberal, Fucking liberal, Mm -hmm. fucking tree-hugging liberal, fucking Yankee tree-hugging liberal. I mean, I know they're saying this behind my back because sometimes it leaks out in front of my face. So, of course, they're saying worse stuff behind my back. And I I didn't care because I really – sometimes you have to drag people to truth. Sometimes you have to at least attempt it in good conscience so, you know, when I meet my goddess – when I leave this plane, I can say, fuck, I tried. They didn't right. want to listen, <laughs> right. you know. Right. So, but I'm now, at the, I'm now at the point where, okay, I have spent 
18 months to two years trying to talk to you folks, and you have flatly refused. Now your fate is in your own hands. I tried to do the right thing by getting you to rally, and you didn't want to rally, and you think for some reason that I've put a chip in your fucking vaccine. And I'm like, listen, if you have a cell phone or a credit card, they already know where you are. Trust me. Yep, exactly. Exactly. In New York, they take pictures of you over every bridge and going into every tunnel. So, you know, I mean, Big Brother's there. If they're not going to put I think that the whole thing, the conspiracy theories surrounding the vaccine are very disturbing and they're, I mean, they're as disturbing as the Clintons in the pizza parlor, you know, and the pedophile ring. I mean, they make as much sense as that. And yeah. It's, it's yeah. frustrating because, you know what, you want to believe that Clintons, the Clintons have a pedophile ring in the back of a pizza parlor. Go right ahead. Knock yourself out. But when you have a conspiracy theory that prevents you from being vaccinated and then in turn prevents us from kicking this virus's ass back to wherever it came from so we can actually live a normal life now, not so cool, not mm-hmm. so funny, not so cute, not so entertaining. You know, I, it's like get a grip, enough already. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm becoming very frustrated, you know, being like uh, – we're not, like I said, in New York, we're not confined because we can get out. We have checks and balances that try and help us keep, keep us safe. But it's hard. This confinement is hard. It really is. It is hard. And I, but, you know, people, there used to be a sense of community. And I'm, I'm really disappointed because for a large swath of the country, they're not united. And you've got, you know, right. for example, I'm supposed to be making an appointment with the gynecologist. The gynecologist is also an OB. So he's taking care of pregnant women. He's taking care of older women. He's got a a large range of women. In good conscience, I can't make my appointment and here is why. Even though I am vaccinated and boosted, I am constantly, constantly, constantly in in contact with these yo-yos who refuse to be vaccinated, and I would not want to take a chance on infecting somebody, even unknowingly, um, or maybe even especially unknowingly, by, by being in contact with one of these unvaccinated people while I'm sitting in the waiting room waiting for my appointment. So I'm now in the process of hoping that my, my, um, my doctor will be willing to do a video visit. He hasn't seen me in two years because of COVID. And, you know, yeah, I mean, because he wasn't seeing people, period. You know, it it stopped a lot of things. And, you know, except for taking care of patients who who were pregnant, which, you know, I thought was a priority, too, um, yeah, you know, so I've I've not been seen in a while, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong. It's just well, a it's regular not. checkup. It's not. I mean, women need their yearly um, pap. They need the breast exam and a mammogram. I mean, you need things done. This is like you know, this is our health care. It's, it's and I hear what you're saying. I mean, what's the vaccination rate where you are? I'm sure it's what low because it's the south. It's not low, low. It's it's basically 
<laughs> it's probably under what it what the average should be, but it's right. not so low that I want to run screaming out of the state. I'm very <laughs> lucky that where I live in North Carolina, I am I am in a liberal city, and I okay. am in right. an extremely liberal neighborhood. You right. know, and oddly, oddly enough, it's a somewhat expensive neighborhood which for whatever reason gives me some kind of cover in the world. I don't know why, but it's kind of one of those things where, you know, this is where the term elitist comes from, you know. Right. Oh, you, you elitist educated um, people who look down at everybody. I promise you we really don't. Um, we're merely trying to save you. We're not trying to tell you what to do with your body as far as making some very serious decisions about children, for example, um, which I also want to talk about the Supreme Court with you because you are in the business, as it were. Um, Yeah. But, you know, and and I think you have some insights that uh, perhaps our listeners would like to hear. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there are things we, – we basically are looking at it from two very different scopes as far as the, the people who get vaccinated and the people who don't. The people who don't want to be vaccinated, and I'm talking about the willfully not wanting to be vaccinated, not because they have a real religious or health concern. Um, right. Those folks are looking at us like, you just want to tell us what to do. In the meantime, their side is trying to tell women what to do with their bodies and how they're supposed to right. make health decisions mm-hmm. for all of them. We're looking at yeah. it as a health care issue. They're looking at it as a political issue. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. when Trump did tell them to go get vaccinated, they booed him. And he backed right, I down. heard that. I heard of that. Yes. Yeah. Amazing, right? I mean, come on. What are you people thinking? It's, it astounds me. I'm sorry. I just can't. <laughs> you know, when Hillary Clinton used the term basket of deplorables, she got a lot of flack for that. But they really, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Not sorry. Uh, really yeah. turns out to be a basket of deplorables because there's no rhyme or reason to the thinking. There's no, there's this belligerence. And um, as we discussed before, even in the face of death, you know, I, I, um, Recently, there was a New York woman who passed away, um, and mm-hmm. I looked on her, and I wanted to see, because she passed away from COVID, I wanted to see what her political stance, her, what her stance was on vaccinations, and her husband had, on his profile, had, um, take your vaccinations and shove them up your ass. That was his profile. His profile wow. meme or whatever. So we know where they stood. Right. And she had a very like snarky meme about uh, masks being a disgrace and fear mongers and well now she's dead now she's gone you know it's just like and I, yeah. I'm trying to wrap my head around that I don't understand why they can't connect A to B I, and I get listen I'm not a I'm not a flu shot kind of person I've never gotten the flu shot um, I feel like my immunity strong enough et cetera, et cetera. But this is a different animal. This is a whole different ball game. This is like, yeah. I mean, it's shown it. You, you cannot live anywhere in this world and not know someone now who's died of COVID. You can't. 
It's, it's yeah, a pandemic, true. hence the word pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it's what we're facing. So, um, and I don't know the secret. I wish we knew we, we could find out the secret to educating people or, or getting it through their head that it's vac- the vaccine is a good idea in the face of what we have here. Plain and simple. Masks. Well, Masks you know, are good. And, I agree with you. And this whole thing really seemed to ignite when you had a belligerent, self-serving, um, running amok conservatives. But I see I can't even call Trump a conservative because right. it's all transactional. He's not really a conservative. As a matter of fact, those of us from New York remember when Donald mm-hmm. Trump was a complete liberal and contributed yes. money to the Clintons yes. and yes. wanted to do all the parties and considered himself an elite. The, and right. it's, it cracks me up because I do not believe that Trump has changed from what he was before he became president, which was a belligerent, egomaniacal failure. But needs yes. love so much because his daddy damaged him and didn't give him the love that he needed. And I'm sorry about that. A lot of us have that issue. Um, but, we all, but we all didn't. We didn't turn into crazy assholes who, who talk about fear-mongering, fear-mongering and hate-mongering right. and racist and homophobic and misogynistic. I mean, if there was some kind of a prejudicial person, he encompassed most of it. Well, he's notoriously been a racist. He's notoriously been a racist. For whatever his liberal or democratic donations were, he was always a racist. He was a joke, and you know, Dapper was a Dapper. Yeah. Da- was his, what was his nicknames? He had nicknames, and uh, I can't remember. I wonder. Dapper Don was uh, was not him. There was someone else for that name. But you know, he had these nicknames, and he was like a joke. And you know, oh, he, yeah. he's on TV saying you're fired. You know, I I just I'm not understanding the allure, and maybe we should all maybe someone should investigate that because we can't have this happen again. Um, but yeah, yeah, I um. About Trump, about the insurrection, about what happened in our nation, and the fact that yeah. people who support him or that ideology, that like mentality, um, fail to see why January, what happened on January 6th is a problem. They failed to see his role in it, his and Giuliani. Um, I actually was in a verbal dispute with um, a person that I am friends with or friendly with getting to know her recently. And um, she said something so absurd one day at lunch, we were talking about the insurrection, us at the table. She said, well, I want to know why Pelosi didn't have any security that day. And I was like, I looked at her, I said, I have no idea why you would ever in the world bring up that, Point while we're talking about the January 6th insurrection. Like, what does that have to do with what happened on January Like, the, the, it's Trump, on film, Giuliani, go get him. You know, like, but no, yeah. they have no responsibility. We're going to talk about poor Pelosi who's sitting there cowering 
and uh, you know, under this attack, her personally, uh, and we're gonna say, why didn't she have secure? I mean, it's just, but that's the mentality. It's like, and I Victim sit there with my eyes blinking. I just don't even know what yeah. to say. Like, I just, I don't know how to. How do you answer something absurd as absurd as that? And how do you do it calmly? I can't be calm anymore. I'm just, I have no, no uh, ability. So I and I appreciate that. The you know the fact that you said I and I've got to tell you, my mother, who is now one of the fundamentalists. Not only does she did she drink the Kool Aid, now she helps them stir it. Um, oh no! My mother and I got into a discussion about Trump, and my mother said. You know, well, I think he's a wonderful president, and I'm like, what has he done? This was like the second or the second or third year, and I said, what has he done? She's like, well, you know his policies. I said, which policies? She couldn't name one. I said, right. what's the real situation with you? And she's like, well, my side won. I said, yeah, okay, your side won, and well, that's 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 all that matters. We're in power now. I'm like. Are you really? You think so, huh? That's interesting. And I said, so I started talking to her about facts. I said, here are some facts that are completely verifiable. You read the New York Times. I was raised reading the New York Times. Right. So this, 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 and this. And my mother said the following words, which stopped me in my tracks. Well, facts don't matter. And I went, what? She's like, the facts don't matter. And once someone says that to you, the conversation is over. There is nowhere to go. Yep. Yep. That's it. Yeah. That's where they're at. It's tough to counteract that because facts do matter. That's all that matters is the facts. But we have this fake news word that was thrown around early on. I mean, you know, Trump is a smart man for all his being a big buffoon and a horrible Mm -hmm. human being and totally a fraud and a um, just a terrible example of what we should have in government. He is a smart man Mm -hmm. and he's used whatever intelligence he has to manipulate a very large segment of the population. And here we are. And the Republican Party used yeah. him. They used him like a cheap whore. They just used him. They like they they were, at first I think they were disgusted with him, and then they were like, huh? Well, we have no morals. Let's use it. So they did. And now we're stuck here. We're stuck with, and then we're stuck with the idiots that are in the Senate who are the you know the two from the Democratic Party who won't um, get oh. rid of this uh, you know filibuster and. I mean, it's a nightmare. I thought we had it made. You know, here we are a year in, and we got two Mm -hmm. idiots on our our team who won't be a team player. Um, And, uh, like, I'm disgusted. You know, after we worked so hard to get Georgia, we got, you know, both seats in Georgia. I mean, that was a crazy election. It was almost not winnable, and we won it. And we were, like, so elated. We have the 50, and we have the vice president. We have the tiebreaker. We're going to do great. And then here comes these bozos who think who they are. I know. And they're just going to political suicide. Political suicide. It will be. 
So I've been reading up on it because I've been hoping. <laughs> I've been hoping. I also do a little magic. So, you know, look for a ritual from the temple on this issue on the mansion and the other Arizona senator. I cinema. can't believe her name is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so disappointing. You know, there's an opportunity to accomplish really great things. And the need. Again, it's all ego-driven, at least that's how it seems to me, the struggle yeah. to be relevant, um, you know, the, the need to have people using your name. It's, it's mind-boggling. I mean, there should be I, – I hate to say that there should be a litmus test to be able to call yourself a Democrat, and you can't really right. do it, but damn, I wish we could. Well, there is, though. There's party backing. There's funds. I mean, they raised, listen, not one Democrat um, in any part of the federal government has not received funds from the party. That's how it works. You're a party player. You get funds from the party. They support each other. It's not just Joe Schmo from wherever, you know, running for Senate. It's Joe Schmo being backed by the Democrats. And, you know, the president, the vice president all pull for them. And, it's you know, that's how it works. So they're really screwing themselves because they're going to, you know, there will be no support for them. And then they will find someone to run against them who's dynamic and who will win. And then they're out. And, oh, good for you. Look what you did. You just screwed the party, screwed yourself, and now here we go. You know, so now we have to wait another year. We have to see when these elections that come up hold for us and, it's just a, it's a it's a hot yep. mess. It's a hot it's mess. It's kind of been a hot mess. It's it's distressing. Yeah. The Supreme Court is concerning. You know. I'm, I'm very concerned. Um, Chief Chief Justice yep. uh, Roberts, I feel, is holding. Like when we see that they decide when they when the decision is made not to um, hear a case, um, yeah. I feel like that's him just putting it on the burner, like saying, you know, until they figure out the this, this filibuster issue and until we can back the court maybe with some more liberal justices. Because he's, he's on the fence. Like, even though he's a Republican appointee, his decisions yeah. are very liberal, so, socially liberal. Um, and he seems to side yeah. on the, you know, with the liberals a lot of the time. Um, so I feel like he's, when he declines to hear a case, when the court declines to hear a case, it's because they're not stupid. Yeah. Well, they're not stupid. They're very smart people, all of them. Whatever side they're on, they're very smart. And they don't sure. want to commit political suicide. They don't want to be known as, like, that justice. You know, they don't want to be. It's one thing to be conservative or liberal in the sense pre-Trump, you know, in the sense of, like, going back in the day and we had these two parties and they were at war. And But, you know, neighbor shook hands with neighbor regardless of how you were politically now we're at war. I mean, so I think they know that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, they don't want to go beyond the intellectual. They're, you know, they're, they have their intellectual viewpoints. I'm sure they have their uh, personal viewpoints. But to, to be a Supreme Court justice is like, a, it's like being the president. It's the, it's the highest, um, you know, of that branch. It's the highest level that you can be. It's, it's, the, it's the equivalent of the presidency. And they're not stupid people. Yeah. You know, they have a lifetime appointment. Um, so I think yep. that they're managing cases because they know that to make a decision 
that, I mean, they have made decisions that are alarming because there is now extremely conservative court, and it alarms me as a more liberal yeah. person. Um, so, sure. you know, I, I think Roberts, though, is, is when we see decline to hear this issue or we, we've denied cert, you know, that's the term, um, I uh-huh. think that they're pushing it to the side because they know it's a, it's a hot button. They're not going to do it. They're just not going to go near it. So I think that's, that's, that's made me feel better, made me feel better about our conservative well, court. But what about the Roe v. Wade situation? I know. I'm alarmed. I'm really alarmed by that. I'm, uh, I'm, that whole issue, especially in the light of, these, of people yelling about how don't tell me what to do with my body, don't, I don't have to get a vaccine, uh-huh. are the mm-hmm. same people who are like, no, you, woman, you, know, you can't have an abortion. You know, I am, right. I am pro-choice. I'm pro-choice, and people don't understand what pro-choice means. Pro-choice means is I make a choice. It's my choice. It, you know, you make your choice, it's your choice. And they don't also don't understand that abortion is health care. It is health care. Yeah. It, is, it is integral yeah. to the health and vitality of every human being on this earth to have it accessible to women. It must be accessible. Yeah. It must be affordable. I mean, it, there are so many circumstances. And, and I, I get angry that we have to debate the circumstances, that a, a woman cannot yeah. decide what to do with her own body. It is her own body. A fetus is not a person. Mm-hmm. It is a fetus. And you know what? I, I love children. Um, I'm very maternal. I adore children. My own personal choice would probably not be abortion. But you know what? Guess what? I do what I want with my body, you do what you want with your body. And, and you should have the health care accessible to you that you need to make that decision. And um, I'm not sure why we're not there yet. And actually, I, actually, let me re, I'm going to take that back. Sadly, I do know why we're not there yet, because women don't matter. They don't matter. We Ooh. still haven't reached a point where women matter, where women are considered yeah. formidable um, people as much as men, meaningful as much True. as men, uh, valuable as much as men. And that sickens me. It sickens me. It, it, it angers me and it sickens me. Everybody has a mother, right, in some sense of the word. Yep. You know, somebody gave yep. birth to you on this yep. earth, but yet she does not matter? Guess not. How about your daughter? Yeah. You know, I and mean, that's why, and then that, that is the problem with um, where we're at in this nation. I love our country. I hate some of the uh, positions we have, this puritanical, old, antiquated, uh, sexist, racist, homophobic um, vein that we have running through our country. And I really hope that it dies out very soon. You know, I see that our, the youth of our nation, and I sound like an old person now, even though I'm, I'm 50, I, I feel young, but probably not. Maybe I'm not. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you you see it too. That oh yeah, kids. You know, people under twenty are so now. I don't know if it's the media. I don't know if it's just society. They're so used to a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-gender. Um, you know, sex, various sexual orientations. I mean, it it's just nothing. To, they don't think about it. It's just part of who they are, and that's a beautiful thing. So I'm hoping those kids yep. will 
soon run for office and we can get out of this shit storm we're in. It's just horrible. Yeah, I, I agree think that with you. Like and I don't... <laughs> no, not even, not even a full minute. Not even a full 90 seconds, but that's okay because you and I are very much, even though I, I'm considerably older than you, I'm 10 years older than you. And I will tell you that I have had this continuous rant since my birthday in October about the mistreatment of people under under 40 by people over 40, <laughs> okay? It seems to be somewhere in the dividing line of, you know, people in their 50s and 60s just coming down on people in their 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. people first right. coming up. And I am so fucking tired of it. And as I have said on multiple occasions, if I had to do what I did as a young witch in the learning stages, first coming into my own, if I had to do all of that in the public eye, I would never have made it. I would never have made it. I fucked up. I did stupid shit. I cast idiotic spells. I did right. things that were not the smartest, but because people are are so able to see others, uh, because there is a quantity of sharing because of social media that we never had before that, um, people just feel like it's okay to 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 do this get off my lawn kid situation right. with right. Me. you know you couldn't possibly know what you're talking about because you haven't lived uh 40 years already or whatever it is but the thing is you forget when you get older some people forget what it was like to be younger and right. to be judged by our elders just in person was painful much less in front of Thousands upon thousands of people right. per day, potentially. Right. So yeah. I, I'm very, I'm very pro young folks because, again, I, as I have also said many times, any practice that doesn't grow and change dies, and should. Right. That's it. Right. Right. Simple. I hear you. I hear you. There is a value, and like I said, I see the value of uh, this, these younger generations coming in and, and the way that their mind works because of what they're exposed to as they grow up. And uh, there's no secrets anymore. And that's a good thing. I think the fact there's no secrets anymore is a good thing. It's a really good thing in many I, ways. I agree with you. I agree with you. Listen, when I was in my early 20s, mid-20s, late 20s, I had already been married once I, you know, late 20s, I was married again, had children. You know, when I was growing up, it was all about the older generation telling my generation, oh, you need to find somebody to take care of you and settle down and have kids and buy a house and be a housewife or, you know, have a little career on the side to make some money. But you know, you're supposed to attract a man and, 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 you know, have kids, and that's supposed to be your life. Right. And right. so, you know, for a certain uh, number of me and my friends, it was like, 
oh, we got to get boyfriends because boyfriends are important. And I was bisexual, so for me it was boyfriends and girlfriends. Right, and, right. you know, that was imp- who you were who you were with, you know, you could identify your entire growing up situation by who you were dating at the time. I mean, that's how we were raised. And it's it's amazing because when I've spoken to my kids, I have two adult sons and I talked to my young my younger child who was thirty and I'm like, You guys just don't you don't do what we used to do. And he's like, what? I was like, you guys would rather text than like, fuck, what's that about? You know, in my day, it was about fucking. It was, it was, there was the connection, the excitement, the like, you know, that juicy, like thrilling look in your eyes and flirt and, and kind of get it, you know, like it was all about getting it. It yeah. was, uh, it was just, yeah, I don't understand this, the texting. Don't, I can't just, you know, and it's, I, know. I, I, yeah. And now these older guys who weren't raised with texting are doing it too. It's, it's maddening. It's maddening. Like no one can mm-hmm. give you a phone call. What is that about? You know, like I, I have know. to be overjoyed when I finally get a phone call. <laughs> But you know, here's the. I know it is maddening, and it's like, don't you? But it's not just the texting; it's the fact that they would rather sit in their individual rooms, in their individual homes, and do the texting (laughs) thing for hours rather than actually see each other in person. This is pre-pandemic, by the way. Yeah, it's only gotten worse. Yeah, it's you, you know, know it's, 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 you know, it's the, the same old fazools who are putting down the young kids are doing the same thing that the young kids are doing. You know, they're they're it's they're, they're it's an excuse for an escape from the realities of connection. You know, connection is frightening to people or some people. And uh, well, it's you know, it's frightening to a lot more people than I realized. To be honest yeah. with you, because yeah. my, you know. One of the things I appreciate about the folks now is the fact that they're not afraid to talk about mental health. Mental health had such a taboo when I was coming up. It was like you don't Mm -hmm. talk about the fact that you feel like you need help. You don't talk about the fact that you're feeling awkward or emotional or what have you. And the fact that they are very free about you know, their feelings, I think is so right. much help. It's certainly healthier than the way I was raised. Right. I agree. I mean, that is a positive thing uh, for the changing of times. Definitely. People are more open to speak about things that they would, you know, thought they couldn't speak about before we, we are in the society. I think so, the social media is amazing for that reason. Um, it mm-hmm. has forced us to talk about, and think about topics that were, ta- I hate the word taboo, but I, I can't think of a better word right now, or, ta- you know, off limits or taboo or uncomfortable. It's exposed to the yeah. uncomfortable so that we're now in a realm where it's, it, we're desensitized to that uncomfortable, uncomfortable nature of it. So I think that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. But I just, you know, I, it's, it's a hot mess out there, you know. I don't know if it's just me or if you talk to other women. Let's just go. We can just talk about women for now and, you know, what we're dealing with, sure. with, the, with you know, uh, men. 
I find that women are, maybe I'm wrong, I find that women are more open and that they're, you know, love to have conversations, they love to gather, and they're more in touch, and I'm just finding that, like, I had an ex um, who novels to me. I think I looked at our text exchange, and we had, we had exchanged 100,000 texts between us, wow. and they were novels, wow. rather than pick up the phone and have the conversation or texting meaningful and intense and whatever, but it's like, are you kidding, guy? Come on, you're almost 60. You got to, like, text me a novel rather than pick up the phone and and talk, and I just don't get that. I don't get that. That's one of the things I don't get. (laughs) Apparently others. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. it's, It's the way things are now, and it's made it so that people who want to say real it's easier to be rejected through a text than it is to be rejected on a phone or in person and i understand that but it's it's told me how frightened we are of each other Mm -hmm. that we are so on the lookout for pain on a constant basis that it is just easier to keep everyone at a distance and put it in a text. And the unfortunate thing about a text is there's no emotion that comes through. And sometimes things sound one way in your head, but they translate out to right. something else in a text. So there's, there's all kinds Absolutely. of miscommunications. Yeah, and it, it's just, you know, but we're so frightened of each other, just as people, because we're so afraid of getting hurt. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I have been hurt, rejected, been in bad relationships, been in abusive <laughs> relationships, yes. all up close and personal. <laughs> yes, I have, I have felt and been in, exposed to the gamut, uh, been inundated in the gamut of all of those. Um, and learning a lot. I think this is a good year. I feel like 50 is a very powerful year for a woman. It's like a milestone year of power, Because I have 50 years of experiencing all that that you've mentioned um, and kind of seeing it now from a bird's eye. You know, it's all behind me. It's like if I'm up in the pinnacle of the, the mountain now, I'm getting up higher on the mountain and I can see it all below and I kind of can sort it out. And now I just don't, I don't give a damn, you know, like it's, it's about, like that's, I'm doing this number count and people keep, keep asking me what the number count is on my, uh, my page. And uh, it's just not taking shit anymore. It's just, I'm not doing it anymore. It's It's like, I'm living my best life, and I'm just not taking yep. shit anymore. Yeah, that's it. I it think that's a fantastic. beautiful. It, it's a beautiful thing. And let me tell you something. As someone who just turned sixty, it gets better. Um, <laughs> because I'm looking forward to it. Well, here's the here's the thing. When I turned fifty, I no longer was so invested in finding a relationship, even though I was in a relationship. It it wasn't so much about the relationship anymore. Okay, I have the relationship. It was really about me as a human being, and my 50s kicked off. Well, my girlfriends are more important, and 
I want to hang with people of a like mind. That was more important. Right. And mm-hmm. as you get, as you advance through your 50s, you become less and less tolerant of shit. Right. Right. Anybody's, your families, your partners, your friends, your acquaintances, your business folks. I'm telling you, you lose the ability slowly over time. It's kind of gradual. And one morning you just wake up and you're like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I have been known to walk into my boss's office and say, I don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you a secret. That's actually how I started my own law practice. I worked for a Madison Avenue firm, and one of the last things uh-huh. I said was, I don't give a fuck. And then there we go. Now Lori is on her own and starting her own law practice. So that's how it happened. That's the law office of C. Lori Bizarro PC began that way, exactly that way. So, And it was a good that's moment. Amazing. I think the best so- <laughs> You did. You picked a a stellar moment to go out and do your own thing. And speaking of doing your own own thing, we have to talk about the Temple of Hecate. Yes, we do. Um, We do. You know, the pandemic hit, and we had been growing in our space, and we had been uh, having more and more people from New York attend. Um, And actually, when people were on vacation in New York, they would attend. So we were getting larger numbers, but they were confined to the New York and New York City crowd. So the pandemic hit, and um, as you remember, it was quite the moment. I mean, like, unprecedented. I I mean, like, we had, I was, I grabbed my files, I worked from home, I, you know, I was, I'm lucky, I have my house, and I have the space here to, be a one-woman show, and and um, we yep. at the temple quickly uh, got ourselves together and went virtual. You know, I got a Zoom account. We went. We said, "Let's just do it. Yep. Let's you know make it work." Let's, that's what we're like anyway. The temple peeps are really very resilient and uh, quick people. You know, they're, they're fantastic. They're, the people we have are they're just awesome really creative human beings and I'm grateful for them so that we got ourselves together we got zoomed together and I found something happened all of a sudden we weren't confined to New York City anymore I mean it seems logical yeah we didn't think of it before like who thought to do because you always think of ritual you think of ritual as this you know darkened room and candlelight and everybody connected in the room sharing the same energy but you can do it virtually. And we didn't think, like Reiki. Reiki, you can do long distance. Why can't you, you know, energy, you can send long distance. You can do spell work across the world. But we didn't think of it that way until we hit that that button on the Zoom to start, and we did it. And then we realized that, like, we could have, like, the whole world was our temple. It was, you know, now we've connected with all of the authors of the best Hecate works out there. Um, I don't know yep. if you've seen the Hecate study group. We have them as moderators. And now we're working through, uh, we worked through um, Sarita's book uh, last mm-hmm. the last few months. Now we're working through Jeff Cullen's That's book, awesome. which is amazing. 
I love him. He's just like, he's, I, I really admire people who are humble and put their money where their mouth is, and he is like that. He is just, he's amazing. He's an amazing witch and self-made, smart man, and he's just humble and cool, and he produced the most beautiful, loving, um, just there's no word for it, beautiful book uh, for Hecate, for his goddess, and he does that for all the gods. You know, he's, he's the creator of these beautiful statues. Um, so we're, we're mm-hmm. working on his book right now. And collaborating, we don't fight. There's no arguments. The Hecate community is really tight, and I'm very gr- grateful for yeah. that. And the temple has been a, um, a big part of that, and I'm so proud of that. Like I'm very proud of that. And um, you know, no matter how tired, I wear so many hats. I'm, I'm tired. I'm a tired lady. I, although I never stop moving. I get up in the morning. I do a mm-hmm. million things. And when it comes to 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, what a, wow, like, I didn't sit down. I did not. So anyway, but, you know, despite being busy, I always make time for the yeah. temple and make time for the study group. Um, and I make time for the gods because, you know what, I want them to make time for me. Very simple. That's how I worship. I worship them. Yep. How I would want, how I would want someone to treat me. I mean, that's kind of a Christian attitude in a way, you know, like treat them how you would like to be treated. But it's it's logical. Like, why would I ever diss my gods? That is the I, when I hear people who like to be snarky about the gods or dismissive. I think that's just a very bad attitude to have. That's just a very you know personally so, dangerous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it is. I mean, you know, it's it's. Why would you ever want to try and worship somebody in that manner? So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the temple and the people in it. We've. Um, We've been having initiations pretty much. We've tried to, because we're getting a lot of people who are really interested in signing up uh, yeah. for the temple. So what we offer is we offer a three-degree system, um, and it's weekly training. Uh, we do the two monthly open public rituals, which we're getting about 30 people or more in attendance on the Zoom. And then wow. we, have, um, we have different classes. As people sign up, I assign them to a class that's closest to the Sabbath that we're in. Um, so we mm-hmm. have uh, dedicants, uh, acolytes, and priesthoods. And we're just growing. And the mm-hmm. pandemic, the only you know, positive thing I can see coming from that is that the temple has grown and that we have discovered yeah. that our magic expands across the world. And like, the, the Hecate community is now becoming much tighter and uh, much more familiar yeah. with each other. And we're a great bunch. Great. I love, like, you know, we're, uh, we're talking Jack Grail, Jason Miller, um, Jeff Cullen, Jade Soluna. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we have Serena yeah. Dasse, um, you know, Jennifer yeah. Texiera. She wrote this beautiful uh, newer book out, um, Temple of the Bones, I believe it's called. And, like, you know, uh, Matt, and Matt Oren. Matt Oren is part of the – Matt he's, Oren. He's awesome. He's, oh, he's awesome. He is. You know, so I we have a good group there. Yeah, I love them too. I love yeah. all of them. They're good, they're good people. They're good people. And like, this is a whole nother show, and it's good that we're ending because there are people, a very scant few, but there are a few people in our community that we could do without. But I won't go. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about the good people in our community. So yeah, the temple yeah. is um, <laughs> the temple. <laughs> you don't get me started. Uh, well, you have another hour. We have another hour of the show. Um, but yeah, so we we're I've got this huge smile on my face because I'm I'm very 
passionate about the temple, and um, I'm really grateful for the people, who the seekers who have found us, and because they contribute so much. They're just great people, and just contribute so much. Um, so, so yeah, that's where we're at. We're, we're doing, we're we're happy. We're doing good here in the temple, moving forward, trying to make it through this pandemic, and I'll be so grateful when yep. we can finally do that. So. You know, I and I think you're so amazing because you are a pedal to the metal person. I know you're saying you're tired, but by the <laughs> same token, I do believe that the gods give us the ability to push forward when we may be a little too tired. And yeah. the reward is so huge. And the um I I cannot even believe the blessings that just happen that just happen and it you know what you said before is interesting because my saying is remember your gods so they remember you and that's exactly what you said a few minutes ago and i love that yeah. we share that that belief and that attitude and yep. you know for the most part i find that people who worship hecate are more united than some of the other groups. Oh, I'm going to get so much hate for this. Just wait. Um, <laughs> but I do find it to be true. I find it's not that there isn't any backbiting and it isn't that there isn't any jealousy, but I find that there is less of it. And I'm very right. appreciative of less of it. You want to be able to peacefully worship your gods with other people who want to worship the same gods is very nice right. it's very enjoyable it builds community and you've done such i mean just you okay and i know you have amazing influences and i know you have amazing people who are behind you all the way and some of them are people i know from new york you know and you and i haven't even met in person yet but right. Right. there's so much history that you and i actually share through the New York scene, and we're going to yeah. have to discuss that the next time you come on. We will. Because, we of will. course, we you're coming will. back. <laughs> Absolutely. I look forward to it. I love it. I look forward to these nights oh. when I'm on your show. I really do. I love it. But, yeah, no, I have, I'm have. i blessed with the people I have in the temple. I'm blessed with the people in this community. Yeah. Um, we have yep. a great pagan witch community, and um, social media has helped us you know, reach across and meet each other from all over. And I'm really grateful for that. So, and I'm grateful for you and what you do. You have oh, a beautiful radio. You know, no, really, you, your, um, your radio show has really united the witch community as well and has uh, showcased people who wouldn't have otherwise been showcased. I mean, you really, you're diligent in your work and um, an integral member of this community. So thank you. I'm blushing, I'm, and I don't blush, and I'm sitting here blushing. Oh, that is no, so sweet, true. and thank I you. I, I am so. I don't blush. I know you don't, and that's <laughs> and that's why I'm and that's why I'm blushing because I know you don't bullshit. But I'm I'm very grateful to you for always coming on and hanging out with me, and and you're so much fun, and I just appreciate you so much because your work. And your dedication are so evident in everything you do. Thank you. And thank you. You're, you know, you're like the little sister I've always actually wanted. Aww. But anyway. <laughs> Aww, <shit. laughs> 
now I'm, now I'm super proud of you. No, I really am. I've seen, I've Thank seen you. over the last number of years how the temple has grown and how you guys have a bigger presence. I'm so grateful for that. It was so needed. If any good came out of the pandemic, it is the fact that I actually got to attend, and I I know that I can pop on on a Monday where I'm not doing something for the show or my other job. So I'm really grateful. And one of the things I had always said to you was, I really want to come, and I'm so appreciative that you always invite me. Yeah, of course. Inviting me in person before you even started doing the zoom thing right, every week right. you would send me an invite and it warmed my heart it was like oh i am so i mean you have no idea it really it really touched me that you all even though you knew i was seven eight hundred miles away you were still inviting me and i just thought that was of the course. loveliest most thoughtful thing in the world you're just I, you know, listen, if you happen to be in the area, in the, you know, I always think that way. If you happen to be here or you're coming in for some other reason, pop in. And we've had other guests who come in that way. Christopher Penzak and other people have stopped oh, yeah. in because you know, they've been in the area. So, yeah, it's very cool. And, of course, you're always welcome. You're, you're family. You're always welcome. Uh, you're, oh, and I feel the same way about you. And you are so kind. And all I can say is, Keep doing what you're doing because it's working. You are looking amazing. You are doing amazing things. The gods are, are definitely backing you. So, hey, I'm all for it. I'm all in. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And so, so are, are, are we... I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a minute to say whatever you want to say before we say goodnight. So if you have anything you want to say to anybody... Now's the time to say it. <laughs> to anybody. Boy, you opened it up there. There's a lot of anybody's. Like, no, um, I want to say blessings to all the people listening and to our witch, yeah. beautiful witch and pagan community. Uh, keep on keeping yep. on and being who you are. Uh, be magical. Be as magical as you wish to be and uh, as public as you wish to be. Uh, forget the haters. They don't matter anyway, and uh, blessings, and be healthy and safe, and spread some love out there, and that's it. And and give them give them how they can get in touch with the temple. Uh, Facebook Temple of Hecate Inc. We have the Inc. at the end of our name. The Hecate Study Group is also ours. We have a page of the Temple of Hecate Inc. Please sign up for that. Um, we, you can get notified there of all of our events. Uh, we have two groups, the Temple of Hecate, Inc. and the Hecate Study Group. Please friend, feel free to friend me, uh, Lori Bizarro. Um, you'll see my profile picture is us at the Met, uh, honoring Hecate on a, a very impromptu pop-up guerrilla-style ritual that I'm very proud of. And uh, I look forward to hearing from everybody and uh, doing this you know, doing this thing we call life. So, All right. Well, Lori, I'm going to hit you up for your next visit when we get off of here, but okay. thank you again for coming on. You're always a delight. Many blessings to you. Blessings to you too. All right. Love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Love you too, baby. Bye-bye.
All right, guys, we, we, it'll be me. I'll be back tomorrow with the amazing Jay Sol Luna, and we are out for the night. See you tomorrow at 3. Bye.